Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the prayer of Solomon as we pick up in 2 Chronicles chapter 10, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. We haven't built this house, God, for you to live in. We've just built this house that we might offer unto these sacrifices here. Let your eye always be on this place and your ear always attentive to the prayers that are offered to you from this place. And then he could foresee down the line the tragedy of the people turning away from God and the resultant effect that it would have upon their national life the disasters that would overcome them as a nation. Natural disasters, such as pestilences, such as weird weather conditions, drought conditions, or the disasters from being turned over into the hands of their enemies, being defeated, and their men being taken hostage. And he's brought up these various conditions that may result from the people's sin, always saying, and Lord, if they turn to this place and they cry unto thee, hear thou from thy holy place in heaven, answer their prayer and deliver them. And so God answered Solomon, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And so there was this great sacrifice, thousands of animals sacrificed on the day of dedication and this great celebration and and just that neat nation with the consciousness of God at the heart and center of the national life. How beautiful that is. When God becomes the center of the national life of the people. But this didn't last long. In fact, Solomon himself, before he died, began to worship other gods. He had disobeyed the voice of God. He had disobeyed the law of God. The law said when you have set up kings, they're not to go down to Egypt to purchase horses that they might multiply horses, nor are they to multiply wives unto themselves, lest their heart be turned away from me. God knows human nature better than any of us know it. God knows you better than you know yourself. So many times God warns us of a particular thing, and we say, all right, God, that's nice. I appreciate that. Thank you for the warning, but I don't need it. I can handle it, Lord. I've got this thing wired, and don't worry about me. Like with with Peter, when Jesus said, all of you are going to be offended tonight because of me. Peter said, Lord, that's all right. They may all be offended, but I won't ever be offended, Lord. Not me. You know, Peter said, the Lord said, Peter, Before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. Lord, if they would slay me, I would never deny you. 
Oh, but Jesus knew him better than he knew himself. And that's always the case. Many times we think, well, this particular verse doesn't apply to me. I'm a special case. I can do it and get by with it. I can handle it. Now, I can see why God would say that to other people. But I'm special, and, and I, I can handle myself. And thus, I don't need to obey this particular injunction. God said, and they are not to multiply wise unto themselves, lest their heart be turned away from me. Solomon multiplied wives unto himself. Some 700 of them, plus the 300 concubines. And what happened? His wives turned his heart away from the Lord. So by the end of Solomon's reign, there began a deterioration. And this is just right after the height, the zenith of the kingdom, brought into this great position of strength and wealth through David. And then through the wisdom of Solomon in his early years, brought to this place of great glory and prominence. But it lasted so short. And there began that downward trend. So that at the death of Solomon, and here's where we get into chapter 10 tonight, his son Rehoboam began to reign over Jerusalem. And he reigned for 17 years. And in that 17 years, the kingdom went from this glorious height and deteriorated into just a second rate nation and power. The slide down is so rapid. And once it gets started, it's hard to reverse. This is the thing that concerns me so much about our nation today. Once you start that downhill trend, it's so fast and it's so difficult to put on the brakes and to stop. And it would seem to me that our nation at the present time is plunging down into a second-rate status so rapidly. And I really don't know if it can be reversed or stopped. Once mighty, once glorious, a nation that was established under God, a nation that stood forth in the world as a Christian nation but has become so totally corrupt, obscene, and has sought to just rule God out of our national life. I am appalled by the rulings of the Supreme Court and by the local courts in the issues that relate to freedom of worship. Separation of church and state. It only works on one side. It doesn't work on both sides. But the kingdom went down rapidly under Rehoboam. In fact, the kingdom was divided right at the beginning of his reign. When Rehoboam was anointed king, 
the northern tribes of Israel came to him and they said, during the time of your father's reign, the taxes were increased over and over again until the tax burden that we are bearing is really greater than we can handle. And so Rehoboam said, give me three days and I will give you an answer regarding this. They said, cut the taxes. We've got to have a tax cut. He said, give me three days to answer you. So he went to his counselors, the old men that counseled his father Solomon. And the old men said, you know, these people have a just cause. The taxes are overbearing. We need to relieve them of this tax burden. It would be wise to go ahead and cut their taxes. And then Rehoboam consulted with the younger guys that he was bringing in to reign with him in his kingdom. And these younger guys advised him, now look, if you cut the taxes, this is just the beginning of their complaints. Next week they're gonna be back with something else and then back with something else and back with something else. And and you're just not going to be able to handle it. The older fellow said, look, if you don't cut their taxes, they're not going to serve you. They're going to rebel against you. But Rehoboam listened to his younger counselors, and he forsook the counsel of the older men. And when the people came back after three days to get his answer, he said, hey, you think my dad was tough? You haven't seen anything yet. Where he whipped you with whips, I'm going to whip you with scorpions. Well, my little finger will be thicker than his thigh. And, and he gave these threats, and the people said, To your tents, O Israel, what have we to do with David? And so the ten northern kingdoms, or ten northern tribes, rebelled against Rehoboam. And they took this fellow Jeroboam and they said, we want you to be king over us. And so Jeroboam became the king over the ten northern tribes. And Rehoboam was now just left with the tribe of Benjamin and the tribe of Judah plus the tribe of Levi. Because Jeroboam in the north, the kingdom that was known now as Israel, established the calf worship in Israel, and he began to just make priests out of anybody, and there came really a total religious confusion in the northern kingdom, and the Levites left the northern kingdom, and all of those people who really loved the Lord, they came on down and gave their allegiance unto Rehoboam in the kingdom of Judah. Rehoboam sent a tax collector up to the ten northern tribes and they killed him. And so Rehoboam gathered his army and he was going to march against the northern kingdom and the prophet of the Lord came and warned them not to fight against the northern kingdom. And so they returned and they sought to establish the kingdom under Rehoboam. But it wasn't long after he had returned to Jerusalem that he 
turned from God, having fortified the kingdom. He then turned his heart against God. It came to pass, chapter 12, when Rehoboam had established the kingdom and had strengthened himself, he forsook the law of the Lord and all Israel with him. As the king goes, so goes the nation. Having forsaken the Lord, he led them in a path away from God. And there came from Egypt a pharaoh by the name of Shishak, who began to invade the land of Judah and take the cities. Actually, the Lubims and the Ethiopians had come with him with a mighty host. And they came to Jerusalem and began to besiege Jerusalem. And a prophet of the Lord came to Rehoboam and said unto them, Thus saith the Lord, You have forsaken me, and therefore I also have left you in the hand of Shishak. Whereupon the princes of Israel and the king humbled themselves and they said, The Lord is righteous. So as Shishak was now coming towards Jerusalem, the prophet of God says, Hey, you brought this on yourself. You've forsaken the Lord. Now the Lord has left you. And it is interesting that they acknowledge God is righteous. And they humbled themselves. And the Lord saw they humbled themselves and he said, because they have humbled themselves, I will not destroy them, but I will grant them some deliverance, and my wrath shall not be poured out upon Jerusalem by the hand of Shishak. Nevertheless, they shall be as servants, that they may know my service and the service of the kingdoms of the countries. So he came up against Shishak, uh, Shishak came up against Jerusalem, and they more or less bought him off. They took all of the gold that was in the temple the golden shields and all of these things that Solomon had placed there, and they gave them unto Shishak, the king of Egypt, more or less just bought him out, and he plundered the city of Jerusalem of all of its gold, returning to Egypt. Now, the archaeologists discovered in 1939 in Egypt and an account of this invasion of Israel or of Judah in the archaeological account there that they have discovered, it declares that they took 169 of the cities of Judah. They also found the sarcophagus in which Shishak was entombed. And it was encased in silver. Actually, it was a silver sarcophagus encased in gold, solid gold. Probably the same gold that he took from the temple in Jerusalem that Solomon had established there. So it's an it's a interesting sort of confirmation from the archaeologist's spade of what God's word declared did indeed take place. The death of Rehoboam is listed in the latter part of the chapter. In verse 14, it gives sort of a brief obituary, which is rather sad, and he did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. On his death, his son, 
Abiah began to reign over Judah. And he reigned for three years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Micaiah, the daughter of Uriel of Gibeah. And there was war between Abiah and Jeroboam. Now, Jeroboam, you remember, was the king of the northern tribes. And Abiah set in battle in array in the army of valiant men of war, 400,000 chosen men. And Jeroboam came against him with 800,000 chosen men, being mighty men of valor. And Abiah stood upon Mount Ephraim, and he said, Hear me, Jeroboam and all Israel. Ought ye not to know that the Lord God of Israel gave the kingdom over Israel to David forever, even to him and his sons by a covenant of salt? Yet Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, the servant of Solomon, the son of David, is risen up and hath rebelled against his Lord. And there are gathered unto him vain men, the children of Belial, who have strengthened themselves against Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, when Rehoboam was young and tender-hearted and could not withstand them. And now you think to withstand the kingdom of the Lord in the hand of the sons of David, and you're being a great multitude, and there are with you golden calves which Jeroboam made for your gods. And you have cast out the priest of the Lord, the sons of Aaron, and the Levites, and have you made yourself priest after the manner of the nations of other lands, so that whosoever comes to consecrate himself with a young bullock and seven rams, the same may be a priest of them that are no gods. But as for us, Jehovah is our God, and we have not forsaken him. The priests which minister unto Jehovah are the sons of Aaron, and the Levites wait upon their business. And they burn unto the Lord every morning, every evening, burnt sacrifices, sweet incense, the showbread also set they in order upon the pure table, the candlestick of gold with the lamps thereof to burn every evening, for we keep the charge of the Lord our God, but you have forsaken him. And behold, God himself is with us for our captain and his priest with sounding trumpets to cry alarm against you, O children of Israel. Fight ye not against the Lord God of your fathers, for ye shall not prosper. Now here he was actually giving to them a speech a warning, and, and more or less rehearsing this period of history. Again, how that God had made a covenant with David that from his seed there would never cease to be a king on the throne. And they were rebelling against the word of the Lord in setting up Jeroboam as their king. And they had made then these golden calves their gods. And they were worshiping them, and they had forsaken the worship of God. They began to establish a system of priesthood more or less by simony. You could purchase the office of the priest. And vile men began to be the religious leaders. But he said, we are still worshiping Jehovah. We still have the temple services. The priests are still offering the morning and evening sacrifices unto God, who are the sons of Aaron, the Levitical order. And you're rebelling and fighting against the Lord, but God is our captain. He's on our side. Now, while he's making this speech, Jeroboam orders half of his troops to, to go around and, and to get behind them to cut them off. After all, he's outnumbered them two to one. There's 800,000 mighty men of valor with Jeroboam, only 400,000 of the men of Judah that had come against him. So 
this action of sending half the troops around uh, to come from behind. And so when the king is finished with this dynamic speech, suddenly they discover that the enemy is not only in front of them, but behind them too. And they've been encircled by the enemy. And then the men of Judah, it says, gave a shout. And the men of Judah, and as the men of Judah shouted, it came to pass that God smote Jeroboam and all Israel before Abiah and Judah. And the children of Israel fled before Judah. God delivered them into their hand, and there were slain of the men of Israel 500,000 of the chosen men. So Israel was brought under the power of Judah at that time. And uh, Abijah pursued after Jeroboam, took several cities, the city of Bethel with the surrounding suburbs. And Jeroboam never did again recover the strength of the kingdom during the time of Abiah. The Lord struck him and he died. And so Abiah waxed mighty. He married 14 wives, had 22 sons and 16 daughters. Continue with more of our verse by verse Bible study in the book of 2 Chronicles on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order 2 Chronicles 10 through 13 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you, and may your life be an instrument in God's hand this week. May God help you to share His love, and may you experience the anointing of God's Spirit upon your life in a new and a very special way as He empowers you to do His work. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. The Word for Today is pleased to present a flash drive of audio Bible studies by Kay Smith titled, A Collection of Cherished Messages. Just listen to what others are saying. Kay Smith changed my life. Her teachings encouraged me to want more of Jesus. And through her counsel and mentoring, I fell in love with Him in a deeper way. When I first heard Kay, I was driving in my car. I was so moved that it brought me to tears because I needed to repent. 
that moment impacted my life to be a better mom and who I am today. Renew your strength, please. I beg, I beseech, I entreat, and if there's any other word, I do that too. Get in his word. Make it more than your necessary food every day. Kay Smith has a special place in her heart to teach and encourage women to live for Jesus. To order this flash drive with over 90 audio messages by Kay Smith, visit thewordfortoday.org or call 800-272-9673.